Friday, September 23rd, 2022. This is episode 22 of the Saluki Gamescast. My name is Justin Young. Joining me as always are Alicia Utek, Ryan Frills, and OJ Duncan. Welcome, everyone. Hello. How are you Hello. doing, Justin? How are you? How are you? How are you really? Let's get in there. Well, Dr. Phil, we're going to see how Justin is doing. <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. It's been a, uh, a very long week, and so I am very excited for the weekend, and I guess we seem to say that just about every week on here, uh, but this has particularly been a really long week, so I'm ready for the weekend and to be able to just take, you know, at least Friday night and just veg out and <laughs> catch up on uh, on the Andor show, the new Star Wars series. I'm mm. like part of the way through the first episode of that, but I've been hearing really good things. I've liked what I've seen so far, so I definitely want to catch up on that, and I think I have to catch up on the Lord of the Rings show and all that as well. So, yeah, it should be me lying on the couch eating pizza with two cats circling me like sharks. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a great night. Yeah, it does. (laughs) How are you, Alicia? I'm exhausted, to be honest. This is the show week for Left on Red. So Ryan and I have both been doing tech every night, tech week, all week. Last night was opening night. Doing it again tonight. I was there last night for opening night. It was very entertaining. Glad that you enjoyed it. I kept it lit. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been saving that one? While. Uh, Yeah, we should say Zoe Freakin, this is her show um, that she writes and co-directs and performs uh, pretty much most of the show herself. There are some special guest stars and parts of it. Um, But uh, yeah, this is, and it's about, it's about modern dating and particularly online dating and everything and dealing with that. Yeah. So it's a fantastic show. Again, last night was opening night. Happening tonight. If we get this up Saturday morning, Saturday is closing night. So if we get this up after that, sorry, you missed your chance. But, <laughs> but highly recommend. You know, like I said, I'm assistant director. Ryan is the technical assistant technical director for the client now. So they've been running the lights for the show, and Jesse Snyder, who is the technical director for the client now, is also co-director of the show. So mm-hmm. we've all been really involved. Jesse, in this- who's been on here yeah. before. Yeah, he has. I forgot about that. <laughs> but we've all been really involved in the entire process, so it's really great to be able to see Zoe now like performing for a fresh audience because mm-hmm. we've been there so long. We know all the beats, so it's nice to be able to get new people in there who don't know it and aren't haven't heard the jokes so many times. <laughs> so what does an assistant director do for a production like this? So basically what I've been doing is I kind of came on later in the process. So Zoe and Jesse have been working together since spring when she first submitted the proposal to the Kleinow season. Mm -hmm. And then once I got back after my brief time at home this summer, then I started coming along to rehearsals and giving feedback, bouncing ideas so that's more of why I'm assistant director rather than co-director since I came on so late. But mm-hmm. I've basically been doing very very similar director work, just less time of it. 
And Ryan, uh, what do you do in your position as uh, assistant technical director? So I mainly just work with the lights. Um, I work with Jesse like during the show when we figure out what the la- like during the rehearsals and we figure out like what the lighting patterns are going to be. We might decide to like tweak something or change something as the rehearsals get deeper. But usually, like at the beginning, we kind of figure out what we want. And then during the performance itself, like the main performances where like people are watching and stuff, I just I hit the button when I need to to make something change. Uh, I there might be some other like more complicated things I have to do, but for the most part, we have it preset to like what the lighting needs to be, and I just click a button to like go it to the next lighting stage. So right, I, I think probably you're oversimplifying it a little bit, and that you just press a button in the process. <laughs> <laughs> You press a button on show night, but we did a lot of work the Saturday, oh. last Saturday to get everything set up to be able to just press a button at show night. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, there's plenty of work before that. Just by the time it gets to the show, it's just a matter of timing. Right. Uh, the main thing is I just got to make sure I don't get so caught up in the show, like, watching it because I, I get invested, too, that I, you know, I don't, like, wait, oh, I missed my cue. No. Right. But. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've heard of people doing that before. Or I've heard of actors doing that on stage before. Like they're standing off stage watching the show and enjoying it and they completely get wrapped up in the show and miss their cue to come in and everything. So right. um, I can imagine that's even more of a problem backstage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, OJ, what's, what's new with you? Well, so I, I did something really exciting last week. That's why I wasn't here. Uh, so we did a Saluki takeover of Chicago, which means that a lot of alumni um, from SIU met in Chicago. We met on the uh, Riverwalk. There's a, a small bar there, and they had beer that is brewed here in the fermentation sciences uh, department at SIU. So they were serving it off of tap there. Um, so that was pretty awesome. I got a really nice swag bag that has a little bobblehead. And then Saturday... Something really awesome happened. So apparently they took this video game and they made it into like a real game that people play in person. Uh, it's called NCAA football. And so <laughs> uh, so they were actually playing it on a large field and that, it was awesome. That's a retro video game. It like, really is. They haven't made one in years. It really is. What it a really throwback. Is. Yeah. So I was, I was really excited about that. And so uh, apparently something that happens is that because we were playing or the Salukis were playing Northwestern and Northwestern is a big 10 uh, uh, team. Um, so they're they're like really big leagues, and so they pay different uh, universities their teams to come and play them as like a like a little showcase game. And the general expectation is that they're going to steamroll the team that they play. However, uh, we beat them. Let's go! Yeah, right. And it was it was thirty one to twenty four. And so uh, I don't know if y'all saw the email, but SIU is being a little bit petty with it. Like, and they're like, oh, hey, you can pay thirty one twenty four to see the rest of our games this season for like a, a <laughs> ticket, right? And it, that, that sale is available for 31 hours and 24 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's being amazing. Pretty big. So it, it, was really, it was really awesome. Um, I've never actually been to a Saluki's game before. Um, but I was just kind of doing it as like a Saluki takeover representing the department thing. But I really had a good time, so it was really awesome. Um, I was there with Craig Engstrom and Sandy Penson O'Conway. Um, so it was it was a really, really good time uh, there. So I was I was telling everybody about our podcast, so hopefully we'll have a few listeners. Hello, everybody. And uh, so it was just a really, really good weekend. Otherwise, my week since I've been back has been pretty low-key. 
but I've just been having a good time. I, I really, really enjoyed being back in the city because I, I grew up in the North Burbs, and so I was in the city all the time, but I haven't been there for a while. But it was, it was really nice being there for an extended weekend. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. And thank you for representing Calm Studies. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get to what you've been playing and uh, Alicia, let's start with you. What have you been playing this last week? I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that it may involve a squirtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Squirtle, squirtle. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's I did. Twist. I did finally, literally, like, I taught this morning, and I was exhausted, and I went home, and I finally started playing the new Pokemon Snap game. That I bought. What? What? There's no Squirtles in Pokemon Snap. Not yet. There might be as I get further, but so far, no. <laughs> I would demand a refund if there's not a single Squirtle in that game. Oh <laughs> uh, no! It's if if we're gonna have Squirtle, we gotta have the Squirtle Squad. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's my ground rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I've literally played an hour of it, so I'm not very far in at all. But. It's very nostalgic being able to play that. I do miss Professor Oak and his completely arbitrary <laughs> grading system. Like the character that they have there was Professor Mirror, and he seems to actually have logic behind how he scores you. And I'm like, that's just, <laughs> that's just not Pokemon Snap. <laughs> but it's fun so far. Um, other than that, I forget now when I beat post-game of Kirby in the Forgotten Land, so I may have beaten it last week and talked about it then, but if not, I beat the post-game. I don't think you had talked about it. Mm-hmm. I think OJ talked about it, and you had started it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that could be. My my brain is completely empty at this point, so that's very <laughs> plausible. So how do you feel about the post-game now that you've beat it? I think it's a really fun post-game. Um, you get to the end of it, and you, know, you expect that you're going to have Fecto Elphalin again, and then instead you get to fight Morpho Knight, which was freaking amazing. <laughs> I love Morpho Knight. I think that's a character that has a lot of really interesting potential, especially with the Return to Dreamland Deluxe coming out now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so the deal with Morpho Knight is there are orange butterflies that will kind of take over, absorb others to use their power. (laughs) It's not entirely clear, to be honest, but it's really cool because you look back even to the Super Nintendo, you know, Kirby 64, Mm -hmm. there's orange butterflies. And Morpho Knight was not introduced until Star Allies, which, you know, was on the Switch. Mm -hmm. So it's a really cool example of like being able to look back and see like hey there's this pattern that's been in the games for so long what if we made it into something (laughs) right it's kind of a a a very interesting retcon because it actually is already in the game Mm -hmm. right yeah so it'll be interesting to see because in star allies when he first appeared he appears by taking over galactonite who has been traditionally like the secret boss of kirby games Mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to remember now. I think Galact- they, I think there is a secret boss fight against Galactonite in Return to Dreamland. 
So it'll be interesting to see if they keep it galactonite or if they change it to morphonite. So I, when I was listening to the podcast last week and you said Kirby is shaped like a friend, I was thinking he's kind of shaped like an eldritch horror though. Because like he's consuming yeah. everything, and I, I, when I heard that, I started thinking like, I would love to see a game where Kirby is the end boss, and like you see it from the the side of all of the other people that he's consuming and killing. I think that would be fantastic. Let me introduce you to Kirby Star Allies. Oh, okay. So it is <laughs> um, like that. Yeah. So Void Termina is the uh-huh. final boss of that game, and it's very strongly implied that. Kirby may be of the same species as Void Termina. Okay. I'll send you the video Sorry. on it. Okay. Because okay, <laughs> yes, it, it was I... a very interesting theory that's around it. Star and... Allies mm-hmm. that this happened. Yeah. So that's basically the Cobra Kai of the Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Johnny was yeah. always the hero. <laughs> Daniel was a bully. Oh man! Yeah, and because like there's so much Kirby lore, I haven't been through all of it, so I would love to love to see that. There's so much lore, and mm-hmm. it's it's so disappointing because there's a really excellent Kirby lore person who is on YouTube who is no longer making videos after this year, and it's for a very valid reason. Like he has a young son, so mm-hmm. he wants to spend time with his family, and we're all like, "You go, dude." But we've just got so much Kirby content, we still need lore breakdowns yeah. of it. <laughs> Has anybody done a lore breakdown of, um, uh, what is it, the Buffet game, the new one that came out digitally only on Switch? Um, Dream I Buffet. Haven't, I haven't watched any, but I've seen some in my recommended of, you know, like, here's the secrets in it mm-hmm. and things like that. And I imagine that it will lead to more lore di- deep dives. All right. Um is that it? Yeah, that's it for me. It's been a very busy week with Zoe's show, so I haven't gotten to do a whole <laughs> lot of gaming. But Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you could always take your Switch and just sit there and play while she's on stage. <laughs> thing and be like, no, 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 I'm really paying attention, Zoe. <laughs> um, no, please don't do that to her. <laughs> that would be very mean of me. <laughs> that would I be... Mean- that would make you very self-conscious, I would think. <laughs> that, I, I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but that might work for a part of Zoe's show, though. <laughs> <laughs> True. Just be there like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm supposed to be like going and covering a projector. <laughs> if, if you want to know what we're referencing, come to the show. Find out. <laughs> yes. And if you don't make it, we'll tell you next week. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I might not feel like it. <laughs> Well, Ryan, do you feel like telling us about what you've been playing? Well, yes, I do, Justin. <laughs> um, so, uh, first off, I'll tell you like the the newer game in a minute, but just to like get this out of the way, I, I I've still been playing Tetris because it's just my de stress game right now, and I actually got to ninety around ninety thousand again, which makes me happy. I got I think about ninety eight thousand, almost got to around hundred thousand, just didn't quite cut it, but. Just for the sake of, like, doing something slightly more than just playing Tetris, I did play a little bit of the NES, Dr. Mario, and a Sega Genesis game called Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Oh, my gosh. I I just had childhood memories unlocked right there. (laughs) And it... It's definitely... Okay, look, I'm sorry, folks. To people that love Dr. Mario, I just... No, I'm sorry. Like, it... Here's the thing with Dr. Mario that frustrates me. Uh, I don't 
like the pacing in it as much as Tetris, and you're trying to build around viruses and eliminate the viruses by collecting connecting them in a chain of like colored blocks associated with them or pills. Um, and depending on where the virus is within the Tetris frame, uh, it can just be really annoying to try to like connect them to those blocks. Like it's not fun anymore. It's just annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry, Doctor Mario uh, just doesn't give me the medicine I need. Um, <laughs> and as far as the mean bean machine, are you actually, calling Dr. Mario a quack? <laughs> I, I, I would like to see the credentials. I think there is, <laughs> I, excuse me. He is a doctor. He is a professional soccer player. <laughs> he is a professional go-kart racer. He is a, so what I, you're telling me is Mario is a Barbie knockoff. <laughs> I am saying that Mario is a renaissance man. <laughs> Barbie, leave Ken. Mario is what you're looking for. <laughs> well, that's probably true. Um, or maybe Ken should leave Barbie and go with Mario. And maybe they'd be happy together. Barbie oh, is right. actually Princess Peach. And she's living a second life. Or I'm like just, 18 more lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you arguing that Ken is voiced by Chris Pratt? Oh, well, that gosh. would be unfortunate. I th- Ken might be Waluigi, who's trying to just fit in and live a normal life. Although, although if we got Ryan Gosling for Mario, that would be an upgrade. <laughs> that would for sure be an upgrade. Fair. Only if he plays the part as his character from Drive. Oh, that would, I was going to say Blade Runner 2049, but you know what? That's even better. <laughs> I want Mario with that satin jacket. <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. I'm, we've got we very off. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, oh my God, that Mario, that music was more. Anyway, um, but Doctor, like, it's actually much more fun, I think, than um, Doctor Mario. All right, I admitted it. There's a Sonic or a Sonic, not or a Sonic like side game that is better than a Mario game of a similar caliber. Um, but. <laughs> The only thing is, like, there's, like, I was trying to play on, like, this story. You, you had got too much fun out of that. Yeah, um, that was evil. There, there is, like, I was playing on the story mode, and you're constantly in competition with other someone else trying to put all the blocks or beans, I guess it is, together, the jelly beans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I like, I beat the first person. I could not beat the second boss. I'm just going to say it, though. Tetris still still in charge here. I don't think anything's beating Tetris. That I, t- Tetris is the best Tetris. Um that said, aside from that, I started playing a game recently called, and by recently I mean today, called Moonlighter. So Moonlighter is like a Zelda clone. Um, you are going in dungeons, and it plays very similarly to like classic Zelda. Like I've I haven't played that much old Zelda, but I've played NES Zelda some, and it plays very similar to that. You're just walking around dungeons. It's even framed and patterned very similarly. How you like how the dungeons are like aligned and how you move through them, and it feel it could really just be Zelda. Um, but what's neat about it is, is like, you're also picking up items. It's really beautiful looking for one. And you're also picking up items that you might, I'm sure you'll probably use some of these to make new weapons later, like craft into weapons. But you're also picking up items to sell at your shop because you're not a hero so much as a merchant. You're going back to your, um, your hub world and you have a shop within that world that you are going to be selling at. And, like, at the very beginning of the game, uh, it's just trial and error. You're like, you're figuring out how to move through dungeons, but then eventually you get killed. And then your grandpa's like, 
What did I tell you about going to some dungeons just to broom to fight monsters? Let me tell you about fighting in dungeons. I, I don't know why. I'm, I don't know why that's his voice all of a sudden. But and then this he is also, not actually voice acted. No, it's it's text. Um, but then he shows like tells you the finer points about selling in a shop. Like you actually decide how much of a product you're going to sell at the mm-hmm. shop. I think like you have four sca- squares for four different types of products, but then you can like. Am I going to sell 10 of this one in this, or am I going to just sell, like, one of it? Um, and you're also, like, pricing it. Like, you're deciding how much, and the grandpa's telling you about stuff like price, you know, like, making sure you sell something for the right amount of money, not overcharging it where no one buys it, but not, like, selling it to where you're not, like, actually making a profit off of it, and then price and demand. If you sell too much of something, people are going to stop wanting it, and... It, you know, it's just, like, how to run a business, basically. I'm not saying you're going to know exactly how to run a business by this game, but probably wouldn't be a bad start to play this before you do a business. <laughs> anyway, um, so it's, like, interesting how involved the mechanics of that are going to be. I haven't played enough of it to get too in-depth, and, like, it, you know, I haven't, like, sold much to anyone yet. But it's cool how in-depth that is. And also there's some story about you're trying to find something called a fifth door, like some magical door in the dungeon. I'm not sure where that's going to go exactly, but there is some other story going on. And aside from that, basically there's a story about how the town is not, like, doing as well as it used to be that you're living in. Like the grandfather, your grandfather's like, well, and my grandfather worked here. This town used to have, it used to be bustling. People would travel, like, across sea to come to this town, and now, like, there's hardly anyone here. And so, like, it sounds like there's some narrative about you're going to be helping other, like, shops become productive within this so that the town and the community it's overall is doing better. So it's like shop locally, um, try to help and not just work at your own shop, but try to help other shops like thrive so that this community can like grow and prosper once again. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is like a really neat spin on the Zelda type game. Like that. You're not just like that. You'll be finding a lot of treasures, which I think is cool. And that you're not just going to be finding it like for yourself, but you're going to be like trying to sell it at mm-hmm. a shop, and you can also upgrade your shop throughout the game, I found out. I looked at some things like, pay this much money to upgrade your shop, and I, I'm still at the first shop so far, but it's just, it's a really cool game. It's Zelda, but you're also a merchant, and you're selling things. And it definitely knows it's a Zelda-like game, because it definitely looks like that. You know they've played that. And then, like, your grandfather says, like, what did I tell you about fighting with that broom? Here, it's dangerous out there. Take this. And then <laughs> <laughs> But, That's you know, amazing. he's not just a Random old man in a cave. He he's your grandpa. So yeah, I, Moonlighter. Moonlighter. That uh, that sounds great. I I never got around to playing Moonlighter when it came out, but it always looked interesting. It was like I got it on sale for like five bucks. I think on like the nin- like the Nintendo's online gaming service. So I was like, all mm-hmm. right, try this out. Yeah, there's been a lot of games trying to copy that Zelda formula um, and. Some more successfully than others, obviously, but um, yeah, I like the idea of like taking that and then putting a spin on it with you know the merchant side to it. What was that fox one you played? Tunic. I'm gonna try that one soon. I think Tunic yeah. is such a fantastic game. Um, it it is a Zelda like to a degree, um, but it 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 kind of does it kind of goes beyond that and you know does some other interesting things. Yeah, I. I one of a video game reviewer I like Super Eye Patch Wolf. I've mentioned them a few times. Like played it. They've recommended it. They're like it's a Zelda like game, but it is also very much definitely its own beast. 
mm-hmm. um, its own fox, one might say. And <laughs> but what does the fox say? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> isn't, or I'm isn't so disappointed make? by just the dead stares I got for the, that. The, the fox is from Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I, the fox was voiced by George Clooney, and the fa- and the Fantastic Mister. It's actually a really good movie. Although, to that uh, article from Rolling Stone, no, it is not the best animated movie of all time. No, it is not better than Spirited Away. How dare you? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah I want to try Tunic sometime. And Hyperlight Drifter is one I want to give a shot to. I can name a dozen films I like better than Fantastic Mr. Fox animated <laughs> films, but that's just me. Like, how are you, like <laughs> no, I don't get me wrong. I, I think it's actually even one of my favorite Wes Anderson films, but oh my god, come on. Hayao Miyazaki's been doing amazing animated films for like decades. How are you going to say it's like there's like multiple films by him that are better than the Fantastic Mr. Fox? I'm sorry. Um bullshit. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alicia's over here still upset that we didn't appreciate her joke more. And yes, none of us had a good answer for what the fox says. Is, well, I, I understood the reference. I'm not good at sound effects. No, so. is, is that though? I'm is. Yep. Is that the sound like the, there's like the automatopoeia for what they do? Like dogs bark, cats meow. Is it? Yep. That it's, it's a song. Yeah. Do you remember that song? <laughs> no. <gasps> I remember Sunday. the song, but I, I can't tell you the lyrics. You know, <laughs> what does the fox say? And then it goes into like just sounds, doesn't it? Yeah. There's not lyrics. Yeah, I'm not gonna sing it. <laughs> no, I, I think but, I think you've gotten us this far. I think you have to sing it. <laughs> you, you sang during your uh, performance at the graduate showcase, so we know you can sing. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna sing. What does the fox say? <laughs> Y'all just have to go look it up. <laughs> Um, all right, OJ, um, if you're not looking up the YouTube video for what does the fox say? I was, <laughs> I was but we'll, we'll, we'll find it later. Sorry, I'm not cultured <laughs> enough for you, Alicia. I'll just go back and watch myself and see you. <laughs> I, I will note that a few minutes ago, Alicia sent a video to all of us in our Facebook thread and at the same time, OJ and I both looked at our watches because I'm pretty sure you got an alert mm-hmm. about yeah. it at the same time I did. <laughs> I promised to send the Kirby video. Mm-hmm. I had to send it before I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have been really super busy the past couple of weeks. We have LGBTQ Fest, which is next weekend, uh, October 1st. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of preparation for that. There was some, some things popped up that I had to take care of immediately. Um, so... First, I wanted to address something from the last podcast. I'm a little upset that I wasn't here to talk about Full Frontal Master Chief in uh, the new Halo series uh, in, in season two. That's just I, what the show's named, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Full, Full Frontal with Master it. Chief. It's like a crossover with Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> oh, oh, no. It's Full Frontal Master Chief. No. Uh, I I probably would try to get through it. if, if that was, I'm a fan of Pablo Schreiber, so... Well, we'll see what happens with that. Season two might just <laughs> completely beat season one with that. Uh, we were very sad you weren't here to talk about it as well. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm more excited about the new spinoff show, Young Master Chief and his dog, Banjo. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I haven't really had a lot of time to play a game. So I'm going to talk about uh, uh, one of the other idle games that I play a lot uh, that I haven't talked about. So previously I talked about Idol Apocalypse, where you're kind of a campy cult leader. Um, Grumpy Rhino Games also has another Idol game called Idol Mastermind. So with Idol Mastermind, 
you you start off as um, one villain. And so you have this city above you, and there's two screens. It's the city screen and then, like, the layer screen. Uh, when you're in the layer screen, you can open up, um, like, a community development area that makes the city better. Um, you also have barracks where you unlock different villains. Uh, you And you have, like, resources. Like, there's electricity, weapons, and then there's three villains total, like, master villains. Uh, and they all have different... Um, resources with them uh and then so in the layer you have like the barracks to unlock people you have um like a weapons creation area um and like a mulcher and like a few other things where you're you're taking the the stuff that you gather and you know turning it taking the stuff that you produce and turning it into other things uh and then there's like an auction house and then there's one section where it's like your final plan of what you're going to do. Now, so throughout the whole thing, you're building up the city that's above you. And there's five slots for little for villains that you can unlock. And they there's a so there's a city that you make bigger and bigger, and on the outside there are different things that you can rob. So essentially you're making the city better so that you can steal more things from the city. And then I love that. And then on the inside you uh, unlock different heroes that are fighting against your people. But essentially, you have three different types of villains. You have brawlers, which do damage, um, thieves who steal stuff from the outside areas, and then supports who uh, just support, and you can use them to make the rooms better in your lair, um, or they can just go and sometimes steal stuff. And... uh, so you make the city as big as you can, and then you do your, like, master plan and reset, and you get points um, that you can then use to make it better for your next run, right? So the three villains are Dr. Doss, who's, like, a little, like, weird nerd scientist, um, and he has, like, this AI that, that he runs, um, that, and then he takes over. But when you, when you reset and they do their master plan, you don't see anything about it. Like they talk about it the whole game as you're playing up. It's like, oh, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be awesome. And it's like, and then they did their master plan and that's the end of it. And then you restart again. Uh, and so it's kind of funny and campy. Um, the second one is, um, Yara, who she's like a mafia boss. Uh, and, uh, she specializes in thieves or Dr. Doss specializes in support. Yara specializes in thieves. Uh, and she has this big plan to, like, completely rob the city blind. And then the third one is LOL. And he's, like, a, <laughs> he's a, um, like a deranged maniac. Uh, and he's using chemical gas to take over the city, right? And so he keeps on building up his, like, thing. And, like, in his little, um, like, laboratory, there's a person tied up at one end of the, the room and then you keep on building up stuff like a little train set that's going to deliver the gas to him and, oh, and stuff. Great. It's really funny. Uh, <laughs> wow, I the, wonder who that is a reference to. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and the four heroes are kind of like really horrible people. Uh, so there's Art Man, who's more interested in making paintings um, and and then like getting rid of crime. There's Eco Girl, who is really... She makes a big deal about the environment and the planet, but she's not really doing anything for it. She just makes a big deal of make like she's like an influencer kind of. Uh, there's Captain Era, who is a really old woman. She's immortal, but she ages still. Um, so she's like really, really, really old. Uh, and then there's Freedom Eagle, 
who is a Superman clone and just talked about freedom. He drops American flags uh, when you beat him. <laughs> uh, and some of the some of the um, the villains that you can unlock, like there's like you unlock regular ones that steal stuff, and then uh, each of the villains has like a master one. And so the one for Doctor Doss is this big robot, and you have to have two supports or else it won't work. But two supports have to be out in the city with him because you can have up to five people in the city. Um, but he does massive damage. Um, and then can I can I ask a question here yeah. real quick? Um, I guess I just asked a question <laughs> or have used it. Um, but have you? I'm assuming you're familiar with Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. Yes, the so best. I'm getting vibes of that mm-hmm. from this. Yes, it, it's it's very very campy, just like that, and. Um, and the superheroes aren't good. I mean, the villains aren't good either, but uh, the the heroes are just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you can unlock an a, like a big alien slug with a huge mouth, and he has a little like cap on. And in the city, there's a reporter that's constantly talking about what's happening, and he can take over the reporter and say stuff like "We're going to eat the world" and stuff like that. And then the reporter's like, "Wait, what happened?" And then the camera person is just sitting there horrified. <laughs> Um, and there's a vampire who knows Captain Era from hundreds of years ago, but the vampire doesn't age, and Captain Era does. Um, and so it's just, it's really, really fun. So uh, is there interplay between these characters? So, yes. like, the vampire and Captain Era, are mm-hmm. they, like, talking about this and everything? Yes. Yeah, and so there's, if you sit in the city and look, there's a bunch of different uh, texts that go back and forth, forth between people, and they change depending on who's in the city and who's not. Okay. Um, and then it gives you a little, there's like achievements for having different squads out, which is different sets of the people um, out in the city uh, because those have specific um, things that they say. And then also under in your layer underground, um, the people who run like the generator, which produces electricity, they all have their different stuff that they say. Um, the people who do like weaponry or the other ones, they all have stuff that they'll say too with different people in the layer underground. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. I haven't even seen all of it. I've been playing it for like two and a half years now, I think, maybe three years, and I still haven't seen everything in it. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. You just have to kind of sit and watch and wait until people say it. Hmm. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a really fun game. It's a really low time commitment. Um, so the, I think it goes about eight hours it'll run offline where the, the villains are in the city collecting stuff, and then your producers have a maximum limit that lasts maybe about two or three hours, I think. So... Um, you can go in every two or three hours and collect all of that stuff. If not, um, it's not really a big deal. Like I said, I, I log in like two or three times a day maybe uh, and collect stuff, and I progress pretty quickly. Hmm. Um, I really, really suggest if you like idle games to check it out. I, well, I love the Grumpy Rhino games. Well, I love three out of four Grumpy Rhino games. So <laughs> I mean, the other one's not bad. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, but I, re- I really suggest picking it up because they're, they're a great company. Um, and I suggest if you're going to play it for any amount of time to pay for the taking off ads, it's not super expensive. I think it's probably like 10 bucks, uh, but it's definitely worth it. What's it called again? Uh, this one is Idle Mastermind. Gotcha. Kind of makes, you're saying like Dr. Horrible. It also, after that, I was kind of thinking, actually, this kind of makes me think of a tick, like the old animated show. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 oh absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking more because of the from the villain perspective, but mm-hmm. yeah, like the goofy heroes and everything. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. does have yeah. hints of the tick to it and everything. Yeah, and that's why one of the reasons I like the Grumpy Rhino games is that you're always playing a campy villain because there's Idle Apocalypse, Idle Mastermind, and the other one is Necro Merger, where you're a necromancer, um, and you're so you're you're a villain in all of them, and it's just great. 
All right. Uh, is that it for this week? Yes. All right. Um, I also did not have a ton of time, so I only got around to one new game, but it is an amazing game. It is Metal Hellsinger. Um, and I think we talked about this game this summer because it got announced as part of one of the whatever E3 season shows that we discussed and everything. So this is a first person shooter. Um, now tell me if you've heard this before. It's a first person shooter set in hell with a heavy metal soundtrack. That is, that is new, fresh and unheard of. I, wow. Mind, (laughs) mind blown. Cannot fathom. <laughs> yeah, so um, this is the game that you wanted Doom to be the first time you played the original Doom. Oh, okay. So you play a demon um, who has had her voice stolen away by Satan or devil, some some form of that. <laughs> and you um, you get locked away. Uh, for years and years, you get freed, and now you're on a revenge mission through hell to get your voice back. And as you're doing this and killing all these demons and everything, <clears throat> there is a heavy metal soundtrack just thumping in the background throughout every single stage. And it is a game worth playing with headphones on, and I'll tell you why more here in a second. Uh, but you're killing all these demons and everything that you're fighting, but you can only hurt them if you attack them on the beat of the music. Oh, Hmm. so the whole reason you need headphones on is because you have to do everything to the beat of the music. It just simply will not attack if you do it off beat. So if you get really exciting, you're just standing there trying to spam the button. It won't work. You will not do any damage to the enemies. So, like, you get you start off with, like, a sword, and you're attacking them with that, but then you get projectile weapons, like you're getting shotguns and everything, basically. Um, and you're having to attack these enemies that are coming at you in big arena-style settings, like in a Doom game. Um, and they're attacking you, but it's all it all has to be done to the beat of the music. Um, as you do that over and over again successfully it builds up a multiplier and if you get the multiplier to the highest level then lyrics kick in to the music and so at the best moments you're like running through this level battling demons and all of a sudden the lyrics to this heavy metal song start kicking in and it is like 14 year old boy paradise Like every 14-year-old boy who ever sat in school like drawing like heavy metal images into their mm-hmm. textbook or something, like this is the game that was made for you. This is the game you've been looking and waiting for. Um, that's not entirely me, um, and it wasn't me entirely at 14. But like what makes this game really work, I think, is that it really makes you get into that rhythm. Like it's a game that makes you play in a rhythm. And so when it works and you kind of like get into that zone, um, and by the way, this is a game, if you have no rhythm, you are in deep, serious trouble with. (laughs) (laughs) 
but like when you get into that rhythm and you're on the beat and you're like killing one enemy after another and it's building up the multiplier and then like you build up a special meter that allows you to unleash a special attack and you're doing all of this and then the lyrics kick in. It is one of those moments in games where it's like the entire world kind of slows down and everything's perfect for a moment and you're like, yeah, I feel like a total badass in this moment of playing this game. And there are games that do that, you know, for you. This is definitely one of the ones that, at least in recent time, this is one of the ones that's done it the best for me. Um, and again, I'm not even the biggest first-person shooter fan. I'm not the biggest heavy metal fan. But, like, when this is all working in time and in rhythm and you get into that zone, it just feels incredible in this game. Um you know, beyond that, I would say, like, the levels are pretty, at least what I've played through so far, and I've only played through the first few levels, um, they're pretty linear. Um, you know, you're not doing anything like big open-world environments or anything like that. Um, and, you know, the design of them is, is pretty neat. I mean, it's it's hell from the cover of a heavy metal album. <laughs> you know, that's what it looks like. But the enemies look great, uh, especially some of the bosses so far have been great. You know, like there was one that's like a, a giant like skeleton bat that you're fighting basically. Um, and again, you're like running around and there's lava around you. And um, <laughs> the, one of my favorite details of it is there are random pyrotechnics in the level. So there are random like, uh, you know, like uh, pillars of fire that are just shooting up like they would on a concert stage, like at a heavy metal concert. <laughs> And when you really get into the zone and everything, like the music kicks in, the lyrics kick in and everything, those just start firing up. And so it's like you're running through a heavy metal like concert <laughs> at that point. Um, it's just like one of those games that has style and abundance. It just feels like the most stylistic game that you've ever played. It's, it's not, but like it feels like it mm -hmm. in the moment playing it and everything. And so... It's just a really cool game. Um, you know, if you're really in, if that just sounds straight up your alley, I'd say rush out, get it mm -hmm. now. You'll love it. If it doesn't, but it kind of like piques your interest, like, you know, wait, maybe don't pay full price. Um, it is on uh, Xbox Game Pass right now. So there are ways to play it if you have a subscription to that. Um, but maybe wait for it until it gets a little bit cheaper. But, like, again, even if this isn't your normal cup of tea, I think this is just such a fantastic, like, execution of what it's trying to do. Um, and there's little cut scenes in the game that are telling the story. And, like, even those, like, you just feel like, yeah, a 14-year-old boy was drawing all this out in, you know, their Trapper Keeper, <laughs> like, 30 <laughs> years ago. And, um yeah, you know, I, I feel like other games have tried to do this, and really, outside of Doom, this is the the best execution I've seen of it. So. Well, I feel like it's really interesting too, because you think of rhythm games, and you know, you mm -hmm. think of like Guitar Hero and Rock Band, mm -hmm. and sure. so combining that with a first person shooter is, mm -hmm. I, I've never heard of a mm -hmm. yeah. rhythm first person shooter. Mm -hmm. Right. It sounds to me like it's uh, Doom meets Guar meets Little Mermaid, and so I'm here for that. Yeah, so, I, was, I was thinking the Little Mermaid was the voice part. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, I was like, where, where are you getting the Little Mermaid <laughs> reference there? And okay, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Um, uh, yeah, and so I actually played one other thing very, very briefly, um, and 
this is speaking of rhythm games. It's another rhythm game, which are not normally my favorite genre, but um, this is a game called Trombone Champ. And this is an insane game. Um, so it's basically the best way I can describe it. It's like a, a normal rhythm game. So think something like uh, um, Guitar Hero, right? So instead of the notes coming from the back of the screen to the front, these are actually coming from the right side of the screen to the left side of the screen. Um, and you play the entire game. You, you can play it with a controller, but you can, it's easier with a mouse. And you basically have to move the mouse up and down like, so it's the notes are coming at different levels and everything. And you have to click when you want to blow into the trombone. And it's all these songs, right? So, like, it's um, like the entertainer. It's all these, like, songs that, you know, are free of copyright at this point. Um, and your character is playing a trombone. And so, like, it, like, if you hit it right on the note, it sounds pretty decent. But if you're off even the slightest bit... It sounds like it sounds like a like a middle school kid who is like their first day in band. And so that's what most of the game sounds like. Most of the game is you sounding like a middle school band kid. Um, and so it just sounds horrible while you're playing it and it's grading you and it's telling you like if you're really off, it's like it pops up on the screen nasty and <laughs> like perfecto is the top, but like the entire game has this very kind of goofy sense of humor to it. Um, it pops up little trombone factoids as the level loads. And it's things like if you lay all the trombones end to end, they'll encircle the solar system four times, <laughs> you know, it takes a thousand artisans a year to construct a single trombone. Um, so like, those are very clever, very accurate mm -hmm. factoids. Mm -hmm. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like the levels as you're playing through them, like there's, there's one song called baboons. Um, and it, like while you're playing in the background, they're showing different pictures of baboons. <laughs> um, it's just, it's like, so Guitar Hero, right? It's already music for people who have no musical talent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> This is this is for people who don't have any hand-eye coordination as well. Um, so, like, you, you actually had to have some hand-eye coordination, right, to play mm -hmm. Guitar Hero well. I did not. <laughs> I, and I was not musically talented to anybody that was offended by that laugh I did. I, I'm, I have no business judging you. <laughs> but, like, this game you can't fail at. And so, like, that's the fun of it, right? Like, you're meant to be bad to some level. And it'll mm -hmm. grade you and tell you at the end, like, you get, you know, an F through A grade and everything. But um, it's really about the sort of goofiness and, like, having fun and that anybody can kind of pick up and play this. And, yeah, you can get better at it, but that's not really the point. You're not supposed to be super good at it. Um, it's a really fun game. Um, and I've played just a little bit of it, but I feel like it's a, it would be a fantastic party game to play with a group. Um, so we just talked about Metal Hellsinger, Trombone Champ, um, Pokemon Snap, Moonlighter, Tetris, and Idol Mastermind, in case you missed any of those. Um, let's move on to news. Uh, the big news this week has been the Grand Theft Auto 6 footage uh, leak. 
So over the weekend, over 90 videos of in-development Grand Theft Auto 6 leaked online. Uh, these revealed quite a bit about the game, confirmed quite a bit about the game. So one of the rumors had been that the uh, one of the there'd be two main characters. One of those would be Latina, and that you would be sort of a Bonnie and Clyde type pair robbing different places. Um, and that seemed to be confirmed in this as one of the characters in the video is a Latina character. Um, it also confirms that the game is taking place in Vice City, uh, but in a modern day setting, not the 80s setting of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, and my understanding is that some people have been crawling over all these videos and somehow putting together a map of the world by looking at these videos and trying to figure out how big this world is going to be and everything. That's kind of awesome. That's dedication. That is incredible. <laughs> well, this is my weekend. <laughs> Never underestimate the ingenuity of people with too much free time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this is kind of a, a this is kind of neat. Um, one of the neat things about it is that the footage that has leaked is developmental footage. This isn't like trailers or, or mm -hmm. standard gameplay footage. So if you look and watch these videos, they actually have menus open on the side and they're actually opening menus during the middle of it and like configuring things. And so I think it's a good insight into the development of a game. Mm -hmm. The flip side to that is there's been a lot of people online or at least some people online kind of bashing the game and saying, well, this doesn't even look as good as Grand Theft Auto V. And these people don't understand what game development is. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to right now. It's in development. Yeah, like I've played alphas before, and this looks better than any alpha I've ever played. So it looks, it looks a lot farther ahead than a lot of other games at this stage. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that that polish of, mm -hmm. on the graphics is one of the last things that comes along in mm -hmm. a game. Um, so... It's understandable that's not here quite yet. Um, the uh, detail that just broke this morning, as far as I'm aware, maybe this was late last night, um, police in the UK have arrested a 17-year-old in uh, relation to this leak. So it's unclear, at least what I read at this time that we're recording, uh, whether that 17-year-old is uh, responsible for the leak or is responsible in, in some other way. Uh, or they're even guilty, right? They've mm -hmm. just been arrested. We don't know anything more. Mm -hmm. um, so, OJ, you've watched some of the videos. Uh, the rest mm -hmm. of you, did you watch these? What, what do you think of the footage you've seen so far? I watched about three seconds, and then I remembered why I don't like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think I just saw some images, and I'm just like, if I'm going to play a game similar to this, I'd rather play the Yakuza games. Not that those are the exact same games mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination, but just that's that would, would what I'd get to scratch that itch. These aren't that. Open world city crime yeah. game. Yeah. Like, there's some similarity there. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I know. Just, I, I know they're still fairly different beasts in other ways, but mm -hmm. I, I, I like to mess around with the Grand Theft Auto game sometimes, but it's not one I ever really want to play through. Mm -hmm. Closest thing is Hulk Ultimate Destruction when that came out, and I could break an entire city <laughs> that's a very good game yes so i think for, for me that i mean the biggest draw like i said before is the radio stations and, and grand theft auto uh but I'm, I'm really excited to see vice city in its current shape and i hope there's a lot of urban decay and it really failed because that seems like what it what it should lead to i think there was a you know bright bustling one in in the 80s and now it's like really really downhill like is that something i want to see 
Yeah, especially um, some of the key locations in that first game. Mm-hmm. Like, re, you know, I feel like being able to revisit those and mm-hmm. see how they've decayed or been converted mm-hmm. to something gentrified yeah. in <laughs> the modern day, I, I think that would be really interesting. That kind of plays off that whole Super Metroid opening of going back to the first mm-hmm. game yeah. through the environment. So, yeah, that would be fun. Um, let's see, moving along, Ted Lasso is coming to FIFA 23. So Ted Lasso as the coach, uh, the club depicted in the television series, uh, the players um, are all coming to FIFA 23. You'll be able to play as that team. Uh, was it Richmond? Um, yeah. Oh, I can't remember. We just watched it and I can't remember. I think yeah. it's, it's Richmond. It's Richmond something. I, I can't remember the name offhand. Um, but anyways, you'll be able to play as them. They have their uniforms. They have the, the likenesses of the actors and everything in there, um, you know, including the players or at least some of the players. Um, so, yeah, this looks this looks fun. Mm-hmm. This might actually make me install FIFA for a few minutes just to play as Ted Lasso and yeah. <laughs> quickly quit because I don't care anymore. <laughs> don't See really can- like soccer. Because yeah. I wasn't expecting to like Ted Lasso, and I really did. But I think I'll play it if you can be Led Tasso at some point. So. <laughs> and okay, really I've never seen it. this. Yeah. What is the? <laughs> so it's, it's it's the opposite of Ted Lasso. So instead of being like nice, warm, comforting, and good, he's like evil, hates everybody, yells at them, screams at them, etc. Oh, okay. it's his alter evil alter ego. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, just fun fact that just reminds me. I guess there's like a version of Bugs Bunny, and I think I might have seen some of these cartoons when I was a kid, but, like, that's really chubby, and mm-hmm. that's been dubbed on the internet Big Chungus. <laughs> and I guess Warner Brothers has, or whatever, bought the rights to that name. Like, they now own that name. <laughs> and there's a lot of suspicion that Big Chungus is going to show up in multiverses. As a skin. Definitely. Yeah. That would make sense, right? Mm-hmm. They already have Bugs Bunny in there. Give him that skin. I just love that name, <laughs> Big Chungus. Well, it's like Weird Mario. Like if you played, uh, um, you know, the Mario Maker, then there was a mushroom you could get that gave you weird Mario, and he was real tall and skinny, uh. and it just really creepy. If you've never seen Weird Mario, like Google that. That that'll give you nightmares tonight. <laughs> There's also Sanic, and was that what he's called? Okay, Sanic, Sanic and, is amazing though, <laughs> and Ouija. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, moving along, 2K had their servers hacked with customer information being uh, fished out of that. So the emails that got sent to that customer list to fish out information like login information and all that. 2K was encouraging people to change their passwords. Um, this has generally just been kind of a terrible week for 2K. <laughs> so, um, you know, but if you did not change your password yet, you probably should. Uh, Star Citizen has passed over $500 million. This game was first announced in 2012. It's now 2022. This game is still technically not out, and it has brought in over $500 million. Um, How? (laughs) So are you familiar with Star Citizen? It sounds familiar to me. Like I'm, I'm glad you said it was announced in 2012 because I feel like I probably knew about it in 2012 and have forgotten. <laughs> so Star Citizen is the game from Chris Roberts who created the Wing Commander series. And this was his promise. He was going to make a new in the style of Wing Commander outer space combat game. 
Um, and it has just grown exponentially with more and more promises. So um, you are going to be able to get into a spaceship and fly from the planet into outer space, come back and actually land on the planet. Um, and as part of this, it's grown and they've added a single player first person shooter part so that you actually get out of the ship and like you're going to go on missions on foot and they have hired actors like Mark Hamill because he was in Wing Commander 3 and 4 to come in and use his image and voice as part of this. And they keep adding and building onto this game and making bigger and bigger promises of what this game is going to be someday. And they've been selling uh, not just the base game. So I actually got on and looked. So the base game costs like $45. And then there's a more expanded version that's $70. But then the first-person shooter single-player mission is an additional $20. Oh, so my gosh. just to get the base game, it can cost you $90. But then on top of that, they're selling people additional ships because the ships are um, not just something you get in the game. They're like kind of... Uh, they're DLC. Right, but they're items that you can lose. So, like, if your ship gets blown up, you can lose the ship as is the way I understand it. That may not be entirely right, but I think there's some persistence to them. And so they're selling some of these ships for, like, $1,000 a piece. Oh, my for, word. And people are buying them for a game that's not even technically mm-hmm. out yet. <laughs> now, there's some alphas, I think, out of it, and I think you can play parts of the game, but the full game is not out. And it's been 10 years. Wow. And people have spent $500 million on this game. Wow. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I have no words. I just. <laughs> it feels like a game that will never come out. Yeah. At yeah. this point. I... It's a grift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but it's a weird grift because it, it obviously didn't start as a grift. Yeah. And like, there's no way they could have predicted people would spend this much money, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is insane. Like, no, I mean, this started on Kickstarter and it raised $2 million on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But, you know, that was 10 years ago. That's like, 10 years later, people are still putting money into it. That's like freaking Hive Swap. But how? How do you keep delaying the game and pro- making all these promises and not just put out the game. <laughs> you can go on their website or just go on YouTube and search for Star Citizen and you can see footage from them of the game and it in fairness it looks pretty amazing but it's still not a it's still not a real game yet. I mean, oh. you know. And that game's going to have to be revolutionary to justify itself. Like, yeah. it, it, like anything beyond, like beneath revolutionary, even if it's just really good, is going to be like, well, it's going to suck just for the fact that it wasn't amazing. Like, mm-hmm. well, know. and I feel like a lot of games have come along in that past decade and done a lot of what it was promising. So, like No Man's, no Man's Sky, yeah, right. And the fact that they've continued to update that game and build onto it for free. Mm-hmm. Like, if you bought that game when it came out, and it, in fairness, it was not in good shape. But, like, it is now, and it's quite a robust game. And that game, you know, sells for, like, $40 or something now versus this game is still selling for more and asking for you to buy individual ships. 
And, like, now Bethesda's doing, like, a... I mean, you know, folks of Fallout and Skyrim and stuff are, like, doing a space game, aren't they? Like, right. I don't know if it's going to have, like, Starfield, travel, but, yeah. Starfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a bizarre situation. Uh, so, just kind of interesting to check in on that. Uh, Logitech has... Uh, we've talked about this previously, but they finally officially unveiled their G cloud. This is their portable handheld. That's mostly for streaming. Um, it does run on Android, so you can run Android apps on it, but it's really, a, it kind of looks like a switch, um, in design and everything, but it's designed for you to stream games. So like Xbox and Nvidia and all these platforms that allow you to stream games mm -hmm. online, you can do that through this. And they announced the price it's $300. So $300 to stream games or play some apps that are on Android phones. $50 more will get you the OLED switch, which actually runs games, mm -hmm. or um, the, uh, the Steam Deck, which will run just about any game. This is really just like... The money episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, can you do Game Pass on the Steam Deck? Um, I think there are some ways if you jump through some hoops. If mm -hmm. you install Windows on it, you can. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you can stream games through the browser okay. on there. Just... Why? I think most so people. So much money. I think when this got announced, most people thought this might come in around a hundred dollars. Yeah. In which case, it makes a whole lot more sense, particularly to buy for some kids, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but three hundred and then some to be able to actually play the game. Yeah. That's, that's so much money. <laughs> that's so much money. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Nintendo has announced that the first trailer for the new Mario film is coming October 6th. It will premiere, I believe it premieres at Comic-Con New York, and then will very quickly after that premiere online. And they have retitled it to The Super Mario Brothers. So they it have been calling... can't just be Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this... It's going with the Batman tactic. <laughs> <laughs> or... The Ohio State University, <laughs> which they have actually trademarked that. You know, like nobody else is allowed to call themselves the university, I, I think, is the way that works. I thought that trademark failed. I thought they tried, but it didn't go through. Oh, you may be right. Maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe they just tried for that. I remember them trying. Yeah, th this seems really weird because we just got Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. And so this feels like the reboot of the bad <laughs> Super Mario Brothers animated film. Which, you know, will only be worse now because it's got Chris Pratt instead of mm -hmm. Bob Hoskins, who was perfect casting. Um, and if, if you've noticed all of notes me giggling, it's because I keep imagining weird images of Chris <laughs> Pratt dressed up as Mario crying while he, like, maybe eats something related to Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. Like, maybe he eats, like, a power-up mushroom. And <laughs> no, Peach does the crying. <laughs> yeah, it's her special power. Um, I, I just kind of want to go... I might have even already done this on this podcast, but I just want to go ahead and guess what this trailer's going to be. Like, Mario is, like... They're plumbers, Mario and Luigi, and Mario's like, 
I just wish there was something else in life. Like, I want to go on an adventure. And Luigi's like, we're plumbers, Mario. Just deal with it. That's just <laughs> our lives. Then they fall down some green pipe. Bub, bub, bub. Bowser stealing Princess Peach. Luigi just wants to go back to their normal life. Mario wants to go on an adventure. Uh, all star by Smash Mouth plays at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Oh, man. Is there any pop song about mushrooms? I'm sure there is. There's got there, <laughs> If there's not, they'll write one. <laughs> I mean, it feels like there's got to be like a Jefferson Airplane song. I mean, uh, there's White Rabbit and stuff, but that's more about taking pills than mushrooms. Yeah. Who's it like? Lana Del Rey will get her to sing a song about shrooms or something. <laughs> oh, yes. And a very like slow like, <laughs> Lana Del Rey way, right? Uh, can you imagine that music video? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mushroom tastes like Pepsi Cola. <laughs> Is Lana Del Rey looking all seductive while like a cartoon Mario runs around her? <laughs> Chemtrails over the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> oh, man. When I saw that Chemtrails over the Country Club was the actual name of that album, I thought I was seeing an Onion article. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> Does she take herself seriously? This is the Super Mario Brothers. So how excited are you for the Super Mario Brothers? Not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it, Ryan. Tell us how you really like, feel. Oh, I'm like, Can I explain insult? this in as few words as possible? <laughs> it, it just, I don't. I don't care. Like, I mean, leave me alone. I don't want to see Chris Pratt as Mario. I'm fine with Charles Martinet. And I, like, I mean, I, I'm... Bob Hoskins was great. If you're gonna cast someone, Danny DeVito, I guess would be fun. I no, no, no. I, I'm gonna go back. Jay and Silent Bob should be Mario and Luigi. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like Chris Pratt's gonna be offensive to Italians because that's kind of his humor is borderline offensive to people. So I think he's gonna be offensive to Italian people in his portrayal of Mario. Do you think he'll actually try to do an Italian accent? Because one of the things he's claimed is this is an entirely new take. This is unlike anything you've heard before. So I feel like if he gets in there and is like, Mamma Mia, it's a Mia Mario. <laughs> like it, instantly people are going to like go, well, what the hell? Like We've heard this before. But at the same time, how do you do Mario not Italian? Mm-hmm. I mean... Didn't like Bob Hoskins just have like a strong Brooklyn accent, like mm-hmm. and it, like you could. Do, I mean, that wouldn't yeah. be new, but that's it's been done that way before. Mm-hmm. And then they had some WWE wrestler do them in the cartoons or mm-hmm. something. And Captain I, Lou Albana, yeah, mm-hmm. and that was just a husky deep voice. Yeah. Like I, it, I don't in know. fairness, <laughs> Captain Lou's like live action performance mm-hmm. for the cartoon, like because they had little live action bookends to the cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's probably still the best Mario like anyone's ever <laughs> yeah, done honestly. live action wise. I'm still I'm still Bob Hoskins. Bob <laughs> Hoskins like I'm just saying Joaquin Phoenix uh got that Oscar for Joker. That should have just given been given like as a late apology to Bob Hoskins for not being recognized as such a great <laughs> Mario. <laughs> I mean, I think if you want to give Bob Hoskins an Oscar, you give it to him for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's the better movie yeah. obviously, but I I still hold on to the original Super Mario Brothers movie, just because it's a weird how the hell did this happen <laughs> story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the original Super Mario Brothers movie is one of the few Cinema Sins videos that's actually valid <laughs> in every point it makes. <laughs> actually, I wish 
Bob Hoskins was still with us because I think it would be fantastic if this was this film was just completely meta, and it's like Mario comes alive and it's like what is this movie? Like somebody shows Mario in our world, right? Like, so Mario comes to our world. He's, uh, he's alive, but he's still like a little animated character. So it's kind of like the Smurfs or something like that. Right. Or who framed Roger rabbit and Mario's in our world. And he's like, this movie's horrible. Like you've butchered my <laughs> existence. And he tracks down Bob Hoskins. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, Bob, we have to, we have to fix this. And, Bob Hoskins is not sure if he's going crazy or not because, like, <laughs> he's been haunted by this movie. His the whole entire movie career was on shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> this might get too real for him because apparently he did struggle, like, with hallucinations after Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, hmm. he started hallucinating cartoon characters from trying to act in that movie. Hmm. I mean, from acting in that movie. You didn't try. You did a great job. Hmm. But, like, um, and I, I'm not going to go into detail about those, but that's just a... Uh, Fun okay. fact about Bob Hoskins, so he might be like, this is too real. Although, you could also just turn this into Cape Fear between CGI Mario and Bob Hoskins. And <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, you could you could still do that, just hunt down John Leguizamo for Luigi. Right. Oh, I mean, he's still around, so yeah, yeah they definitely could You could still do, do that. that. <laughs> it's the year of Luigi. <laughs> it's Luigi's movie now. <laughs> just have him beating his chest like Cape Fear. <laughs> was we added could, the, that way they would both have two words. <laughs> the super is Luigi. <laughs> Mario Bros. Yeah, I, and, oh, sorry. Oh, no, just... You were right, I think. I, I don't know if that was in the one with Gregory Peck and Robert Mitchum, but I think Robert De Niro did that in the one with him and Nick Nolte, so. Well, uh, there's also this. your random movie trivia for the day. <laughs> there's also the Simpsons episode, this uh, remake of Cape Fear. Oh, God, fantastic. fantastic as well. <laughs> I was thinking about that, too. Um, yeah, so October 6th, we'll finally know what this mess is. That's a Thursday. We record on Fridays. There's a good chance we're going to come in here and talk an awful lot about that trailer. That could just be the episode, possibly. <laughs> Maybe we should not watch it, and we should record live our reactions to it, our first time I seeing just, this. I, I really hope I, I nailed it hit the nail on the head. Cause that would be so awesome. Like I could even turn that in like a drinking game, like take a shot for everything I was right about in this trailer, <laughs> a shot of water. Cause stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see uh, word of detective Pikachu Two, the game, not the movie electric boogaloo um, is a, a supposedly nearing release. According to one of the developers, LinkedIn profile, they mentioned in their LinkedIn profile that they were working on two games, one unannounced and detective Pikachu two, which was releasing soon, according to them. Um, so who knows what releasing soon means that could probably Hopefully not faster than star citizen. <laughs> oh, well, I, I think that's a given Alicia. <laughs> I think we can all put bets down on that and be safe and <laughs> secure in it. Um, I think Half-Life 3 will beat out Star Citizen. <laughs> I think, like, the next movies in the the Super Mario Brothers franchise will beat out Star Citizen. <laughs> the Super Mario happen. Brothers 2. <laughs> the Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the obvious spinoff. Like, the... The only reason why they should do uh, the Super Mario Brothers 2 is if they do the original U.S. American Super Mario Brothers 2 release and they actually do something because, you know, there's not enough about that game out there. 
And then, like, Chris Pratt can dream like he has a different voice so that they can <laughs> a different voice actor. It, when I dream, my voice is different. <laughs> Mama Mia. <laughs> is that fly bothering you? Yeah, there, there's a fly in here that has been mm. buzzing around me most of the podcast. He's been landing on my microphone. Yeah, he's <laughs> on mine right now. So if you suddenly hear a bump on the microphone, it's because OJ got a good shot at this. <laughs> I missed it. Sorry. Forever. That's okay. Um, let's see. We've talked about this before as everybody starts swinging wildly. <laughs> it was <wasn't laughs> bothering me, and I noticed it wasn't bothering me, and as soon as I noticed it, decided to go for my head. <laughs> Somebody's going to catch a slap on the side of the head <laughs> as everybody swings at it. So Ryan won't be helping us with tech tonight because Leisha punched a fly on his head. <laughs> <laughs> He's sleeping it off. He'll be fine. <laughs> Um, let's see. We've talked about harassment uh, of game developers. We've talked about de- game developers harassing uh, employees, but like we've talked certainly about uh, harassment of game developers. The respawn, the developers of Apex Legends, actually came out this week and released a statement. Um, I'm not going to read the whole statement, but I do have part of it here that I wanted to read. They say, we welcome community input. However, the line between constructive feedback and the harassment of our dev team cannot be crossed. We want to remind our players that we have a zero-tolerance policy for threats and the harassment of our developers. We will take appropriate action to ensure the health and safety of our team. Um, of course, we talked about this with um, with 343 Industries, with the development of Halo. We've talked about this with... Uh, few other teams uh, this year. Um, Ron Gilbert obviously uh, talked about this on Twitter, that he was getting people harassing him because of the uh, graphical style for the new Monkey Island game. This obviously continues to be a problem of people online not understanding, um, you know, realistic boundaries, I guess I would say, that um, you being unhappy with the direction of a game's development or being unhappy with um, decisions made about a game does not give you the right to harass the people making that game. Um, and, you know, it's, I think this is a good statement. I think it's a firm statement. We will, you know, we will take steps to protect the health and safety of our employees. Um, and I, I think the people doing this probably don't understand, or maybe they just don't care, that this eventually leads us to where these people pull back from social media and you do not have any interaction with these people anymore. And I don't think that's what most people want. I think that's been mostly a net positive for the game development community because they get to hear from players and get to like engage with them more one-on-one. Um, but I think that's where this is eventually headed if it continues like this. Yeah, I think it's definitely a pendulum because, like, we're, we've had the extreme of, you know, especially before the internet when you couldn't really communicate very easily with, okay, a developer might put something out in, like, a game mag- magazine or something, but mm-hmm. how many people were, you were writing into that magazine, you weren't mm-hmm. writing into the developer, mm-hmm. versus now with Twitter, like, it's so easy to communicate with someone who has social media and... Like you said, people forget that that's a privilege, not a right. Mm-hmm. And if it continues to be abused, then that privilege will be taken away. 
Yeah, and, and and it's not it's not in a sort of you know like parent child way of okay, we're taking this privilege away from you. It's that these people will just retreat, and you won't have any voice yeah. anymore. You won't be able to speak back to them, which you know is again I, I think a net positive, right? Mm-hmm. Like especially. Yeah in an era of these live service games, mm-hmm. right? It's one thing, if you're yelling at Corey Barlog, which people were, about God of mm-hmm. War, that's a game that's going to come out and he's going to move on to his next project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no interaction back and forth once the game is out the door. But with Respawn, with something like Apex Legends, this is an ongoing development. This game, mm-hmm. you know, conceivably could be around for the next, you know, three or four years or longer, um, if you want to have a voice and where that heads in the next three to four years, you know, cutting off that contact is really to your detriment if it's a game you like. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. it hurts the developers because they're not getting that feedback in the same way, but there are other ways they could, you know, potentially do that through forms in the game and everything, but you won't have that same kind of one-on-one in, uh, interaction. Um. Uh, last bit here, just real quick. Uh, NVIDIA has announced their new 4,000 line of video cards, and the prices on all of these are higher than they were for the 3,000 line of cards. So uh, that may at first sound counterintuitive and everything. So basically, when they introduce a new line of cards, they had a 1,000, a 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 line of cards. The new cards would come out relatively the same price or at sometimes even cheaper than the previous generation. This generation is going up in price, so you'll pay more for the four thousand line than you did for the equivalent three thousand uh, line of cards. Um, you know, things are getting more expensive. Inflation's real, mm-hmm. um, so people are passing on that con that cost directly to the consumer. That's going to mean more expensive gaming computers if you're in the market for one. Um, and I think also that we're still kind of in a chip shortage. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's contributing right to Mm -hmm. the inflation. That's part of the, why the PlayStation five went up in price. Mm -hmm. Also, Sony's kind of (laughs) greedy. Just a little. Um, Get me my hammer and sickle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, That does it for news this week. We're on to our big question. And our big question of the week is what is your favorite pet in a video game? Um, and Ryan, why don't you start us off? What is your favorite pet in a video game? Uh, and we mean an actual animal pet, not like your favorite petting of someone in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All clarification before. Well, now we, I'm scrambling to find an answer. <laughs> um, that was for everyone, not just Ryan. It was for everyone. Let's say, what did they do to make you think that they, they were going to be the one? Well, OJ obviously showed. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> my answer would be, so, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, I got a couple answers. The first one is Eevee, just because that's the one that is mostly, like, a pet relationship you have. Uh, Eevee will respond to you and, like, interrupt the games at times, like, for attention. Like, all of a sudden, like, you're playing the game, all of a sudden it's like, oh, Eevee was just really happy with you for something, or Eevee's scared about <laughs> something, or, and then, you know, you actually have mechanics to, like, pet Eevee and stuff. Eevee is so cute in that game, and also Eevee is, like, ridiculously overpowered in it. Like, they they give Eevee, like, a bunch of different possible attacks that they can use of, like, different types. Like, really powerful water attack, really powerful fire attack, really powerful electric attack, psychic, whatever. Um, and then they have, like, 
some super special move that they can charge up over time, Eevee's volley or something, and just Eevee literally makes like some giant explosion happen, and I don't quite understand what I'm seeing, but it is awesome. <laughs> um, but then uh, also I want to give like, just because generally is my favorite Pokemon, also Charizard, just because I actually get to fly on Charizard in this game. Like at times, like like I think I at first he just follows me around flying, but later in the game I can actually fly, like ride Charizard and fly over cities. And that simple thing is just one of my favorite things in a Pokemon <laughs> game. It's very simple. I'm not really doing much, but just the feeling of like, I'm riding my Charizard. It's just so fun. Um so yeah, uh, Eevee and Charizard from Pokemon. Let's go, Eevee. All right, um, OJ. So uh, y'all can be surprised. I'm talking about a Final Fantasy game. What? Um, so I was thinking no. about uh, chaos. <laughs> chaos, the greatest pet of all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was thinking about Interceptor from Final Fantasy VI. So uh, uh, spoilers on a game that's been out over 20 years, but. Um, so Interceptor starts off with the character Shadow, and then when you meet a certain other character, uh, the character or Interceptor goes to that character, Realm. Uh, and then you find out if you do specific stuff in the game that Realm is actually Shadow's daughter, but like Shadow left and they don't know that Shadow is her father. But the dog, Interceptor, knows it and treats Realm really well. And so in different parts of the game, if like if you don't save Shadow at the end of the floating continent, Realm has Interceptor, but if you do save Shadow, then uh, Interceptor is guarding Shadow when you can find him. Uh, and so Interceptor is kind of a part of the plot in that. And second is that he will take a hit, at, he'll take hit after hit after hit. I think it's like a 50% chance that he'll block any physical attack, but it seems like a lot more because he's always jumping out there. And then he can do a counter, which is really powerful, especially from when you get Shadow in the game. Uh, like, uh, if you get him when you're going through the train and stuff, it's he, he's fantastic in the game. He's a, a big lifesaver in that. Uh, so I think Interceptor is just a really good boy. And he's so <laughs> I think he's probably my favorite pet in a video game. I'm going to be honest. Every time you said Shadow, I was imagining Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> I almost made an edgy the hedgy comment. Who <laughs> <laughs> so, will be voiced by Robert Pattinson in the yeah. next Sonic movie. To be fair, Shadow in Final Fantasy VI is also very edgy. So, like... <laughs> Edgy. Yeah. I, there's probably a mod out there somewhere that mods Shadow the Hedgehog in place. <laughs> so, yeah, that, yeah, he is. And those scenes where, um, where he's like walking away and Shadow runs to Ram and mm -hmm. like is yeah wants to be with Ram and yeah. like he he turns back and is like come come and yeah. she's like kind of uh, interceptors kind of ignoring him. Yeah. Um, those are great scenes. They really are. And, like, it's, the reason that game is so great are those little touches, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. there's just these little touches of humanity, mm -hmm. and they're small and not, like, 40-minute long cutscenes, <laughs> Right. And they just add so much um, depth to what could be a really simple story. Mm -hmm. But, like, actually yeah. build it out and make you care about the characters. Like, make you care about the dog, which isn't really much of a character right. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But, like, they, those little touches make you, by the end, like, really care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alicia? So, I am going to actually go back to Mega Man for this one. Oh. Um, I know Mega Man has Rush and Beat, but 
I've always been a fan of the villains. <laughs> I got to go with Treble. So for anyone unfamiliar, Bass is one of the villains of the Mega Man series. He's created by Dr. Wily and... Just like how Mega Man has Rush for his dog, Bass has Treble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really, I mean, obviously, I'm a villain fan. I love Bass. And especially when you get to Mega Man 10, when they're dealing with Roboenza. Mm-hmm. And if you play through his Bass near the end, he gets infected. And in the mainline game, when you play through the first time as Mega Man, you know, Mega Man gets infected and then. Roll gives Mega Man her medicine. When you're playing through as base, Treble is the one to bring the medicine. That way, base will be okay and be able to finish the game. And then when you read the comic adaptation, in that version of it, Treble actually also got sick. So base forces him to take the meds, just like any dog owner has done with any dog. (laughs) And then, of course because he doesn't take the medicine, just go a little bit insane at the end. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> but Treble is the goodest boy. <laughs> so I've got to go with him. Both Mega Man and Bass need to be grateful it's not Dr. Mario giving the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're listening, there's some confusion, and you're thinking there's a lot of kind of odd names that sound music-related. Mega Man was originally called Rock Man in Japan. And so that's the reason you have rock, row, bass, treble, all these sorts of names. They're all references. To I, that. I always thought it was like rock is in stone. No, it's rock but, and roll. Oh, okay. He's their brother think, and sister. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I've never really put that together. No, Proto Man's original name is Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, the bird is named Beat. Yeah, but, all kinds of cute little uh, music jokes in there. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> I mean, the names make a lot more sense. Uh, I actually always took it as Rock Man, like he's, mm-hmm. you know, because you're battling characters with goofy names like that, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I always took it as like, okay, well, I guess he's got a rock pyre or something. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that's him with a rock. Yeah, <laughs> that's certainly how I took it. Like the first few games, mm-hmm. and then then they started to introduce all those additional characters. And then you, you know, you start to think like, okay, these other characters names don't make any sense. And well, and traditionally it's been like, okay, you have mega, it's mega man, you know, when he has the helmet and he's out fighting, but when it's just him chilling, it's rock. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the Clark Kent Superman thing. Mm -hmm. Right. But uh, that's not really in the first few games. I don't think like, no, the first first few games don't develop the lore like that. Yeah. So, um, all right. My uh, choice is the dog from Shadow Dancer. So Shadow Dancer um, was the full title. Shadow Dancer and the Secret of Shinobi, I think is the full title, um, is a Genesis game. Um, And so this is technically a sequel to Shinobi, the arcade game and the classic on the 8-bit Master System. And... In this one, you have a pet dog. There's actually a very long backstory about where this dog comes from. I'm not going to get into it because the story's different in the arcade version versus the home version. But um, anyways, you have this dog. His name is Yamato. And what makes it like so much fun is as you're playing through the level, you're a ninja. So you're going through like throwing ninja stars and slashing people with your sword and everything. But like you can... Uh, 
command your dog to attack enemies. So like if there's an enemy with a shield, you can command your dog to go attack them. And then the dog will run across the screen and jump on them. And then while they're fighting the dog off and everything, you can run up and attack them and they're defenseless all of a sudden. Um, and it's just a real, I just really loved that game when I was a kid and first played it. It just felt so much fun to, um, you know, to have this like a special ability and it's your dog and everything. And like, if the dog can get hurt and it will like kind of come back and like hide behind you and everything and you can't use it for a while. Uh, but it just always felt like, um, it felt like a cool layer to add to a standard action game. And you have this neat look, looking dog and everything. Like, I think when I played it originally, I thought, oh, it's a wolf because that's what ninjas have. <laughs> they have a pet wolf, right? And I don't know where I got that from. I'm sure there's, well, I know where I got it from. I got it from Snake Eyes, okay? Yeah. And Snake Eyes had a Timber. pet wolf. He was a ninja. Like, that had to make sense, right? Somewhere in my little kid brain. Um, so I think I just assumed it was a wolf. I think it's supposed to actually be a dog. Uh, but like, it's just a fun game. That's a really good Genesis game. That's one of my favorite Genesis games. And, um, so I've always really liked that character. Uh, the other one I did think of, um, was the cat and Chrono Trigger. So Chrono mm -hmm. has a pet cat and it sleeps on your bed when you're not there. <laughs> and I always like that little detail in the game mm -hmm. and everything because that is exactly what a cat would do. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, all right. That does it for this week's show. Thank you again, OJ, Ryan, and Alicia for uh, stopping in. Uh, check out Zoe Freakin's Left on Red performance uh, over the next two nights. If you're listening to this and you're here in Carbondale, um, obviously Alicia and Ryan have worked on that along with Zoe, uh, and Jesse, who's, uh, uh, a regular on the show, uh, fill in and everything for us. Uh, so go out and support them and otherwise, uh, check us out at salukigames.com. Uh, send me an email at justin.young at siu.edu. If you have questions, comments, you want to tell us that we put way too many dogs into this pet list <laughs> and you're a, you're a defiant cat person and you don't care anything about dogs or maybe you, you just want some other weird animal that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think what other, I mean, nobody said, you know, uh, Echo the Dolphin and I don't guess he's really I don't really think Echo was a pet. <laughs> I guess Yoshi could kind of count as a pet. Yoshi is a pet, but Yoshi's sentient. Like, like he's like fully self-aware and everything. Like, you know, like he seems to have his own life and mm -hmm. everything apart from Mario. Does he count as a pet? I, I mean, I would, I, I dare you to argue with people with cats that they that their cats are not sentient and not <laughs> well <laughs> plotting. I, I suppose they're sentient. I, like, I, I feel like. I mean, I think you have a cat too. So yeah, I do. I have two cats, and like they're they're sentient. But like, I, I guess I mean just. You know, it feels I, like Yoshi has his own world. <laughs> no, I know. I was just joking. I yeah, which makes it even worse when you have to like sacrifice him to get to the. Or the fact that Mario like punches him in the head when he wants him to like. No, <laughs> these are spoilers for the Super Mario Bros. <laughs> like that. That's that what makes the more movie sense with Chris with... Pratt. <laughs> oh god, you're right. It's just going to be Jurassic Park, but Mario. <laughs> <laughs> it, they got Chris Pratt and they got Blue the Velociraptor to do the voice of Yoshi. 
I don't think they've cast anyone as Yoshi, so they're going to have to do, um, like, I guess just sounds for Yoshi. Surely Yoshi's in the movie. They're putting, like, Donkey Kong and everyone mm-hmm. in the movie. Surely I'm, Yoshi's I'm just there. telling you, we were not grateful for the Mario Brothers movie we got. Now this is the one we're getting, and we're going to be, like, sorry. It <laughs> could be good. It could be good. That Sonic movie. Remember the first trailer? Remember, like, Nightmare Sonic in that first trailer? And that wow. turned out good. We will look up well, to the heavens and shout to Bob Hoskins, save us, and he will whisper, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, with that, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.